and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, my friend. We have no beer or soda, but fuck it. It's cool. It's a Tuesday afternoon, like 1.30, you know. One may argue it's the best time for a beer, but it's chill. It's I was about chill. to say, I was like, I don't, I don't got no beer or soda. You want a beer? No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. All right. I'll get some beers, man. <laughs> no, I don't no, give no. a shit. <laughs> I am sitting here today, for those of you that don't know my guest already, returning to the show. The one and only reason. Make some noise for the internet. <laughs> thank those, you. Thank you. Thank you for the warm reception. For those of you that do not know reason, you are a Pittsburgh-based MC, promoter, human being, good fucking dude. Thank you. That's the full bio. Yeah, pretty much. Did I miss anything? Um, uh, in terms of things that I, I think that encompasses every you know <laughs> we're, we're all multifaceted beings but let's just leave it at that no doubt no yeah. doubt so you were on the show man three or four years ago at this you, point you looked it up and you said it was like july 2016 so okay or something if i'm getting the yeah i right. can't remember yeah but four years ago then wow yeah, yeah. so been quite a while but i've seen you plenty of times since then mm-hmm other in the wild well maybe not so much since the start of 2020 right. for reasons that are horribly obvious but mm -hmm. prior to that mm -hmm. so let's start there what the hell have you been doing with all of this downtime oh with the downtime um it's interesting so you know i got laid off from a job that i hated so that was kind of a blessing in disguise and Initially, I was like, all right, I'm going to take this time to focus on music and be more, just make sure that I'm getting these projects out that I've been, it's taken me a while uh, doing things, uh, events and promotion organization that I've been involved in that have taken me, my focus away from releasing music. So whenever that happened and I was able to get unemployment and I was able to be okay, I started, uh, yeah, I was going really hard and it was a good thing. I was going really hard online with promotion and then uh, I kind of, I got blindsided by this health issue, um, uh -oh. which I don't really need to, I'm okay. okay. Yeah, but I don't really, it, it's something I got to manage, but I'm all right. Um, and that really knocked me down. So the past couple, maybe weeks or so, I've been trying to get back to where I was in terms of energy. And today I feel really good. So it's good that uh, we're doing this on a good day. And <laughs> so, hell yeah, feeling yeah, good. Yeah. So I, <laughs> you know, I've, I've released some, some singles and I've been working on a mixtape. Um, the original idea was to do, so I had these songs and they weren't necessarily created at the same time and weren't really created with a project in mind i might have performed them and i didn't get a chance to record them yet so i had this idea to do okay how am i going to compile these and i was going to do a mixtape sort of 90s style where a dj hosts it and they make the mix and i was going to do it with my homie uh dj stealth from the get down gang he's having some technical difficulties so anyway it's going to be a mixtape. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. And then I'm going to get all this shit out. That, uh, is music that I'm, I really want to release because I feel like it's still important. Even if I'm, it might've been written, you know, a year ago or a couple years ago. Um, I just, I want to make sure that I, I do it justice. And after that, it's going to be a solo album. And you know, on the mixtape, a couple will be beats that are original. A couple of them won't. Uh, you know, the album will obviously be all original beats. So, yeah, man. And then there's some collaborations in the work. And obviously, COVID made that all really weird. And everybody's lives are just like... Uh, it's just everybody's in a transitional period yeah. trying to adjust. So, 
Yeah, that's where I'm at and trying to, you know, staying motivated. And I'm glad I'm here because this is, this is a good thing to, you know, I put it out there and it's, uh, it's going to keep me, this is, this is good motivation for me. So thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> you're very welcome, man. You know, uh, you're somebody that, you know, is a, a peer and a friend and somebody that, you know, I look up to in terms of just work ethic and like actually giving a shit about the culture. There's not many. We could use a lot more people like you, especially around here. The Pittsburgh hip hop scene, we don't got to get into it. It's like cool, but weird. It's clicky. That's probably not even particularly a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah. I'd imagine that's just human nature. People are clicky, weird. And, you know, especially in the realm of hip hop, I find that it takes a lot to find somebody that's willing to put their ego to the side and, you know, put time in for other people mm -hmm. like you have. Yeah. But it can be kind of a a sidestep though, as you had already mentioned, where you know you're putting your focus into doing all these other things, and the next thing you know, you're like, "Shit, I have songs from two or three years ago I still haven't recorded." Yep. But exactly. you know, for me, maybe you can relate with this. I think a big part of the reason why I got into doing music or this podcast or anything is to make those connections with other people, not to necessarily just put my shit out there. It's always been more about the community. Yeah. Um. I yeah, I'll say I've always appreciated you for the same reason because I, I think we're on the same wavelength in terms of that. And for me, music and community is very much intertwined because that's basically the first place that I found community. Um when I started going to the Shadow Lounge, when I fell in love, you know, before that, falling in love with hip hop, and then a couple years later, going to the Shadow Lounge open mic and also this um you know, this freestyle cipher that was, so I basically started performing and ciphering freestyling. So it was always a communal collaborative environment. So I really craved that. And it was something that I didn't really find anywhere else. Um, you know, didn't necessarily have a real strong connection with my family and the type of shit that they're into. Cause they're super religious and I don't even talk to them anymore right now. Uh, we're, we're on a break. We'll see what happens. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. So it's always been something that I have. It was like the first place that I found community, first place that I found acceptance in, in hip hop in that culture. So I think that's why I kept it going. I kept, um, so one of the things we're talking about, uh, for people who don't know, I co-created this event with my friend, it's called track meet and it was an open freestyle cipher. Uh, it is an open freestyle cipher. We used to do it every month. We've been on a break for, about a year. Um, this was before. So yeah, before the pandemic, we were already on a break. And then I was planning some comeback things. And I was also, uh, you know, we were planning an event and that kind of fell through. So that's a little bit up in the air right now, but that's an, you know, it's an open collaborative thing. And I, uh, yeah, I put like everything into that and, you know, it was sort of a desperation and, Towards the end, I realized that it was, I needed to take more time for myself. And that was really the reason why I had to step away because I was realizing this wasn't healthy, wasn't healthy for me. Um, just, I was kind of running myself into the ground. So track meet is, you know, it's still, it's gonna, it's gonna come back in some form because I just, I crave that. And it's something that I love and I know other people love it. So we're going to find a way to make something happen. If it's not every month, you know, it might be an event a couple times a year or do, you know, private ciphers that will broadcast. I don't know, but there's, there's lots of opportunities. Yeah. So I wanted to give an explanation for those who aren't aware of track meet. Um, you know, we did some performances. We were able to open up for EPMD. So we organized this four person, um, freestyle cipher, but it was structured and we did it on the stage. So we also did that at the three of arts fest. It was really cool. We were building traction. And then, so that's another thing that we can do is we can do performances, but also an open cypher event. Anybody can come jump in the cypher and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, people are wondering it's, it's not, you know, I know that I might've um, people who know me might've seen, you know, I was going through a hard time and they might've seen me, I might have said something like track meet is over. I don't even remember <laughs> dumb shit. I might have posted. Um, 
you know, I don't know, maybe all of us have made mistakes in terms of, you know, being too emotional or being too, too open or just too brash about, cause then, you, you know, you, you write something online and then people run with it or maybe that's all they see. But yeah, just to clarify, track me ain't going nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> for sure. I think that, you know, it's understandable, you know, why things aren't happening now. I think that's pretty much goes without saying, but you know, the amount of pressure that, you know, a lot of artists put on themselves, especially when you're trying to do these things all the time, you know, you're organizing events, you're trying to write music, you're trying to pay the bills, you're trying, you're dealing with other shit that has nothing to do with any of this, but it all bleeds. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of us, you know, we, 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 we get into art. I find those of us that are, aren't ego driven. Sometimes we, we, we wear our heart on our sleeves a little bit too much. Mm. And it's definitely pretty easy to uh, let the let let the world see that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. and, then you, <laughs> and then you burn out. You burn yeah. out. So yeah, it's it's uh, you got to be careful. And yeah, that's that's what happened to me. I burned out, <laughs> and and I'm now I'm coming back. It's funny because I keep on having um, I don't know if if other people can relate in terms of struggle but you know i'll start to find traction and momentum and then something will knock me back um that's just been life but you know if you're really passionate about it you really love it and you know you find a way to do it. you know yeah I, i've said this a lot so i apologize for anybody watching that's like god damn it brian stop talking about this shit but i don't give a shit who you are what kind of music you make, if I fuck with it, if I don't fuck with it, anytime I see somebody just put out a project, it's like all the respect in the world because there's so much time and effort that goes into even getting one song recorded sometimes for some people. Yeah. Let alone a whole fucking album. Right. Even if it's just a mixtape, it's like, holy shit, like you must really give a fuck about what you're doing because it's it's not easy to do this, especially for people that don't have home studios or like in-house producers or things like that you know like when you're trying to juggle all this other thing and like you're basically just asking the world to either do not asking the world but asking people to either pull favors or collaborate or you're trying to scrap together money to record like yeah it's not fucking easy yeah yeah it's it's not. not and i yeah i'm one of those guys who doesn't i don't make my own beats you know like i said i i really was focusing on the live element for a long time and then writing and, and freestyling and all that. So I never really got into making beats. I've messed around a little bit and then I don't, I didn't invest in getting my own studio. So <laughs> I, yeah, I did find a really good recording engineer. Uh, shout out to Sonny Brasco. He's been recording me. So pretty much most of those recordings that I'm going to be releasing were with him and he's pushed me. It was honestly because I started with performing and freestyling when i got into the booth um i really had to it's a completely different mentality and it really it was a little weird to me because i'm trying to create the same energy but i'm used to building off the energy of others whether it be in a cypher or it be from the crowd the audience and you just really have to create that yourself so that was a, a transition for me so some of the recordings would would take a little longer because I had to find almost find my voice in the booth. I already had it. I knew who I was when as a live MC, but then transition, I had to find it again. So it, it's been a long journey. Um, this is this technically isn't. It won't be my first project. I did do a collab. Uh, it was a group I was a part of called Left Field, and we released a project a few years ago. But I feel like. The stuff that I'm doing now, I'm, I've really found my voice now. And I think that'll be apparent when people hear it. You know, it's yeah. funny. I love when people say that they found their voice. Because I guarantee you, I'll talk to you again in four years. You'll be like, man, you know, I did that other project, but now I've really found my voice. Oh, yeah. And, it, <laughs> and I guess that's how it should be. You absolutely. Know, yeah. You, absolutely. As you're growing as a person, you're growing as an artist. And you should be most excited about the thing that you just did, probably, because... Regardless of, you know, I think some artists or some people might have a certain connection to whatever they heard you do. So whether they think it's your best stuff or not, 
I think a lot of us as artists, our latest thing is usually the thing we're most excited about because it's the thing that we're most closely connected to where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's definitely true because who knows where I'll be in a couple of years. I always yeah. feel so bad for these legacy artists that come through on these tours. You know, they've been a band or they've been solo, whatever it is, but you know, they've been making music for decades and all their biggest hits that people give a shit about were like in the 80s or 90s but they've been making music nonstop. but still they're playing shows and tour. nobody really gives a shit about the new stuff but you know they're probably super passionate about it because why else would they still be writing and recording music if they didn't give a shit about it and mm. and like it'd be awesome to be in a position to be like yeah you know i could pour all over anytime i want and play to great crowds but if i had to do it to people that didn't give a shit about anything that I had done over the past two decades. That might be a little like bittersweet. Yeah. And if you have to play the same songs um, over and over, you don't get to express your new, you know, whatever you just created that, you know, you had to go to the old hits and I guess there's a blessing and a curse to that because I mean, if you're, if you have, music that people really love like that then yeah you're gonna have you can well not now but yeah you can <laughs> you can tour and you can make a lot of money up and just have consistency and i think some artists maybe reconcile that because they realize that okay this is my livelihood and they just they kind of accept it and then uh, you could tell that other artists might be sort of bitter about having to keep playing this stuff but yeah, I mean, there's some yeah. there's some artists that you'll see that like won't play the old stuff at all, mm-hmm. and it's always funny because that people want to hear it, and they're very like, they'll "Fuck keep, you!" They'll keep shouting <laughs> out, yeah, the name of the song that they uh-huh. want to hear, you know, at the show or whatever. But I mean, that's cool because you know people are already there, and then then you're just like, "All right, well, this is what you know, this is what we want to do." So. This is what you're going to hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, even on an independent level, I feel like there's still some, some sort of feeling of this that I've noticed in terms of just like, I find that when people first listen to you, you know, first impressions last. Mm-hmm. And I've been making hip hop music under the name Dykes for over a decade. And I feel that there are a large group of people that saw me play. And years ago, even six, seven, you know, whatever, like a long time ago mm-hmm. that, and that's who I am to them mm-hmm. forever. Right. And that is like heartbreaking to me yeah. because I'm a yeah. totally different performer. I'm a different songwriter. I'm, it's like to the point where like I've considered multiple times changing my goddamn name just to like remove all of that from it. Mm hmm. That's not who I am. And that's what a lot of artists do, I think. That's a lot of times the name change is about that because here's a new, this is something else. You know, yeah. don't expect what you expected to, before. Um, you know, you remember my, my Support Real Pizza song. Oh, yeah. Probably. So that's a thing that certain people might have connected to and not so much anymore, but I remember, you know, a year or a couple years after that, people would always remember that and they'd think that I was just gimmicky dude who just like wrote songs about food and really that was just one song and there was a guy who offered to do a video yeah so i was we were like okay sweet and we ran with it and yeah but i don't want to be pigeonholed as somebody who yeah. just writes you know songs about fair. food and pizza and they stuff. lost yeah. wrote songs about food <laughs> right. give me a break <laughs> yeah it's i mean it, it's definitely been done um yeah so there's this it's a little bit you know, I know with you, you have you have Sykes, you have Sykes and the New Violence, you have your band, you have um, you have the metal, yeah, yeah, you have you got a lot of different things, and yeah, it's, and it's, sometimes I, it's hard to communicate to people. Be like, okay, but yeah, this is this, and it's something else, and you should check it out, but don't expect what you yeah. saw ten years ago. Yeah. I even think there's like you know to some degree that there are some people that probably never even gave Greywalker a fair shake because they knew me at Sykes mm. because, you know, they saw me, I played with like one of their bands 10 years ago. Cause I was playing with a lot of metal bands when I was starting out and I was a lot goofier back then. I was a lot like, like be rolling around on stage and hit myself with the microphone and yelling. I was just like full of energy and just, you know, it was very much like, look at me. 
I'm crazy. You still do that to an extent. <laughs> when I've seen you perform, that's one thing I've always liked about Sykes is you've always you go you get into the performance aspect of it a lot and you move around and you you get people into it as opposed to just like standing there rapping and being like you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, anyway, I, I, I but maybe back then it was even more it, so I'm like it, 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 I maybe it's the same. When I look back on it, I mean, all I could really do is look back at some old photos. Like they'll pop up in my timeline every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, looking like a maniac. But it's fun. I don't regret any of it, but it's definitely just not a representation of who I am. Mm. But people, you know, for better or worse, there's going to be some people that see me as that. Going to yeah. be, you know, some people that see you as the pizza dude. And there's going to be. Or the track meat guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. And there's going to be some people that, you know, think that fucking, you know, Hotel California is the only Eagle song, I guess. Oh, yeah. They got a lot, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's what are you going to do? I don't know. I think that it goes back to why we do this in the first place. And for me, it's always been about just keeping myself happy, giving myself something to do. And if I could connect with other people and give people, you know, help people have a good time, whether I'm putting a show together or I'm just playing for them for 20 minutes or I'm telling somebody about another artist that they should go check out, whatever I could do. Just that's what it is for me. So Mm. people think that I'm still some goofy asshole rolling around writing silly songs and so be it. At least they remember you. They're lost. (laughs) That's true. You made some sort of impression and I guess they had some sort of connection to it at the time. And that's just, it's, it's, Better than you being forgotten. Yeah. And then maybe you can, you know, you, you can win that person over with new stuff. You never know. But yeah, it's hard. I always, I always say that I'd rather have some, I'd rather somebody have a negative reaction to what I'm doing than no reaction at all. Like as long as I can elicit some sort of a response out of somebody, at least I know my work's good enough for that. Yeah, the it's worst engagement is, either way. <laughs> yeah, the worst is just like if you put your all into something and everybody that hears it's just like, eh. like yeah. they couldn't be bothered. Like, God damn, it's that boring, really? Mm-hmm. Makes you feel <laughs> insignificant. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in general, though, it's easy to feel insignificant just using the internet and trying to use that to fucking promote and get our things out to the world because... Uh, you know, it's big business. It's, it's big tech. Mm -hmm. We're utilizing these free services, but it's not free. Yeah. And, uh, unless you're very hyper aware of all of that before you release a project or promote an event or something like that, it's really easy to be like, nobody cares about what I'm doing. Yeah. The marketing aspect is really important and it's something that I didn't really... It almost feels gross as an artist. Yeah. You're, we, we approach it from a, we're like, okay, I'm an artist. And sometimes we feel weird about self-promotion. I know I did. Um, you know, we were talking about ego. So when you're promoting yourself, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm being a, an egomaniac or I'm just, you know, it just feels kind of weird depending on whether you're comfortable with that or not. But unless you have someone handling that, your promotion and your marketing, then what do you expect? You really can't realistically expect people to be able to find it or you got to have some, you got to really think about that. And I, it was something, you know, I was more comfortable with promoting even left field because that wasn't just me or mm. I was more comfortable promoting track me because that was something collaborative. So I guess at that point, you know, I had to get over myself and realize, and that was the point before I uh, kind of got knocked back. A few months ago, I was really just dedicating myself to, I was like, okay, I need to market myself. I need to promote myself and not be the energy that I'm putting out is not like, um, you got to really be excited about your own stuff and you really got to, you got to sell, you got to be a salesman. It's, and if you're doing it sort of lackadaisically or you're doing it, um, I don't know, there's different ways that people people can market themselves. Um, sometimes I feel like the, the younger generation of people who are really grew up with the internet and they, they always had it. And then maybe they've always been online. So it's not as weird to them to, to promote themselves. That's, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. It, it comes from us being in a time when like, I remember 
when it was annoying to post too much on the right. But now you have, you know, fucking Jenny that you follow on Instagram's promoting her lunch every day harder than you're promoting right. your albums. Right. You know, right. like everybody is marketing, mm -hmm. even if they have nothing to market. Right. So you got to keep up with that. But I still have that mindset of remembering when like I would see somebody post, you know, two times a day and be like, what the fuck is wrong with them? And now yeah. it's like, if you're not posting two times a day, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, you have to it's flipped. Yeah. You really got to do it. And it's especially, it was something I realized um, whenever the pandemic started, I was like, uh, I mean, the first thing that I did is I was just reaching out to friends and I was just making sure everybody was okay. So, you know, the music thing wasn't the initial thing that I was concerned about. But once I realized that, you know, the people I was close to or I felt close to were all right and I felt connected. I started to, I was like, wow, um, everybody's online extra now because this is the only way we can connect. We can't hang out. So then I was like, all right, this is the perfect time to start going extra hard. Uh, so that was sort of towards the beginning. And yeah, these are tools that everybody is using. So there's some oversaturation, but you really have to, I mean, if you want people to hear it, you got to take that part. You can't just expect people to, um, you know, I guess, I guess you and I, we, we and I think we are, but we also got to, we got to make sure that we're, you know, if we want people to, to hear our stuff, then we're not operating with an old mentality. We got to make sure that we're adjusting to this, you know, and just get over and just be like, Hey, why should I feel bad? about posting, you know, this is something that I'm passionate about. And, you know, you can, I think it's easier to sell something that you really feel. It's not like selling, you're selling some product that for some company and you don't really care. This is something that you really are invested yeah. in. And if you really are about it, then it's just, you forget about people who might uh, scoff at you or might feel a certain type of way or might, you know, you're just like, you know what, this is my shit. And I'm going to do this shamelessly and I'm going to promote and it was working. You know what I mean? That, that energy was really working and it was different than the way that I would promote online in terms of my music in the past. It was more before I was more, um, I want to say timid, but just there's like a self deprecating thing that we do sometimes. And I think a degree of that can be okay if there's humor in it, but sometimes we self-deprecate and then we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot in terms of not really putting a hundred percent because we're just, it's like a safety blanket. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or a security blanket. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you got to go all in yeah. um, <laughs> pretty much. It's interesting thinking about, thinking about and analyzing the way people digest music now. Like, I can't believe there are songs that are blowing up off of TikTok. Like, yeah. I can believe it. I yeah. totally get it. But as an artist, you really have to think about what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for the way people are? The way people are consuming music, new music, you know, they're hearing 15 seconds of something that is catchy. And all of a sudden, you know, that's their new favorite song. Tension spans get shorter because, and shorter. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so why the fuck am I working on these bars anymore if this is what it's going to be? Yeah. But then there's the flip side of things where it's like, I don't write music for the youth. You don't. We're a little bit more old school. Mm -hmm. We like bars. We like verses. We write music for an older demographic that isn't on TikTok. One may argue a majority of our demographic isn't on social media at all. So how the fuck... Do we use social media to promote to people when the people that are going to probably fuck with our stuff the most are the same people that don't fuck with social media because they know that it's bullshit? Yeah. How do we get through to them? I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out for a while. I can't fucking do it, but I'm chipping away at it every day. And I think there is still something to learn from the TikTok culture. You know, mm -hmm. hooks have always been incredibly important, but just like it doesn't even have to be the hook. It's like every single part of your song needs to be catchy nowadays and there shouldn't be more than a five or 10 second gap without something in your track that isn't a fucking earworm you mm -hmm. know think mm -hmm. about it in that mentality because i mean i don't give a shit if somebody puts my song on tiktok or not but i think that it's you know 
hard to argue the fact that every single part of your song should be a hook in one way or another. Mm -hmm. you know, whether you have like a real catchy cadence in your verse or like you're doing some funny rhythm pattern or you just have, you know, a chorus that's great or there's a fun little sample that just keeps going that gets stuck in your head, you know? In general, I feel like... um Except for the hardcore hip hop heads and maybe other artists that most people are going to get pulled in by the beat and by the flow. And then yeah. that's so that is something that I have started to think about more as well. Uh, you know, writing hooks and because sometimes as lyricists, we, we put all the focus on the verses and making sure that the writing is as good as it can be. And that's very important. But we also have to remember that it's music. So, you know, thinking about the hook and yeah. the flow, that's something that's universal that regardless, you know, you can get people into your music that might not necessarily be a hip hop, a hardcore hip hop fan, but they hear that. And then you're not, you know, as long as you're not, I'm okay with that. As long as you're not, you know, I don't really like copying styles or following trends or, so I feel like as long as you're doing it and it's staying authentic to who you are and you could maybe even, you know, you might use a beat that's more of a, and I've done, you know, I'll take beats that, you know, a producer will send me a beat and I don't have, um, I might not have a lot. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to use this. You know, if someone gave me a free beat and uh, it might kind of throw me off and I might not feel it right away, but I'm going to, you know, I wrote the song called Three Ring Circus which was, it was a beat that really uh, threw me off initially. I wasn't sure what to do with it, but then I thought of a concept for it and, you know, I had like a catchy hook for it and it was something that people were really into, but it was way different than anything I had ever done. So it's something, yeah, that's a mentality that I've been getting into more. I definitely, especially, you know, ciphering. Um, I remember my mentor, Eos, she's always giving me advice and perspective and at one point she said to me you you write your verses like you write your hooks or um mm. you write your hooks like they're a yeah. verse yeah. you know what i mean yeah, and an you don't issue. think and i i had never even thought about like okay what's different about a hook than how you write a verse it's way different and, you know sometimes it, you might write it in a similar way where it's the same amount of syllables depending on the hook but a lot of times it might just be a couple words that you repeat and you're, you're listening to the beat and you're trying to just think of something, you know, it's, it's simple. You got to think of something simpler and it's a, it, it's yeah, <laughs> such, it's such a pet peeve of mine. Whenever, uh, a hip hop dude, basically like the hook is just another short verse. I'm just like, I ah, damn it. Yeah. Like, you're not like, you need a break. Yeah, that's the that's thing, another too. thing too. Like with songwriting, you know, I'm always writing songs now from the sense of like, I need to be able to perform this. You mm -hmm. know, I'm not much of a backtrack guy. I like to spit live. Right. Believe it or not. No. <laughs> and I want to be able to do this shit and I yeah. want it to sound good. So I feel like if you can't, you know, if you have to track all these crazy overdubs and all these layers and punch in and punch out and you're not giving yourself time to breathe gonna suck live you're gonna look like a fool and you're not giving the audience time to actually understand what the fuck this song is yeah and it, it's like not everybody mf doom you know there's 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 some like examples of artists who kind of just don't write hooks uh jay zone yeah. mf like doom but that's a very special and they found a very special market and we can't necessarily yeah. expect to be able to follow in that lane well you know i'll tell you this like i like mf doom a lot i i don't know if i would ever go see mf doom play other than to just well, you be, don't even know if it's going to be him. Yeah. If you feel yeah. Like I'd, <laughs> yeah. Other than to just be like, oh, I'm maybe in the same room with MF Doom. You yeah. know what I mean? I'd be more interested in like, like a, some, like a production seminar and how he makes beats and chops samples and things like that. That's the stuff that I've always found really fascinating is like more of like his production and mentality side. Mm -hmm. But I feel like as a whole, I've always considered MF Doom wallpaper hip hop. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of on, it's in the background. You could be cool. And it's like, there's nothing too abrasive or super dynamic that throws off the mood of the room. It's very consistent mm -hmm. and it's good to just like chill to. Or if you're like drawing or painting or doing, you know, it's like that good vibe, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, it's like, like the lo-fi chill beats to study to before that was a thing. You know? right. For me, that would have been MF Doom.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you tune in and he's saying some like, he's, you know, you don't necessarily have to follow a whole MF Doom verse. You just tune in for a second and he, he flips something like some phrase or some common saying. And, it, you know, he has little humorous bars in there. So, yeah, it's kind of something you can, you don't have yeah. to necessarily. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I feel like I like one artist that I feel did such a really impressive job in like reigning in their chaos over the course of their careers. Ben Aesop Rock. Mm. like you know he started out and i love the early stuff i love labor days that album fucked me up it made me realize that like hip-hop could be so much more than what i thought it was mm -hmm. and then he kind of went off the rails for a little bit you know bazooka tooth's a fun album but it is like kind of hard to listen to just yeah. it's so scattered but now i mean the past two that he's put out i mean the impossible kid is insane mm -hmm. that album from front to back as far as i'm concerned is like a goddamn masterpiece that has all of the crazy technicalities of like his real wild off the charts fucking flow mm -hmm. but then these hooks that are just so sticky and simple and all the beats are really cool and they go in different places but it's not like it doesn't feel experimental or weird it's all just like him it's easily more easily digestible i yeah. feel like aesop rock went to a uh, maybe after Labor Days, he went to a part where he was kind—he of, was just writing over people's heads and just didn't really care whether people got it. It was real, yeah. super, super abstract and different than someone like um, a Ghostface because Ghostface is so flashy. And even though his, his lyrics might be abstract at times and might be hard to figure out because of his style and because of his attitude, it's... You know, Aesop Rock the doesn't thing, have that. Aesop Rock is The thing more, that I yeah. love about Ghostface <laughs> is his, his like cadence and his yeah. voice is so good that he could say anything and you would just believe him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like he just sounds so confident and like just like a such a strong presence that yeah. like it's so cool to have that combined with that mind because he has like, you know, he never look, he, he doesn't have that whole like backpack hip hop looking type dude. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like he just, He's a street dude. Yeah, he yeah. looks like a street dude, but like he writes from that mm -hmm. mentality. It yeah, seems. very cerebral. Yeah, but he doesn't. You know, it's not too cerebral to the point where you it goes just like and not it doesn't go totally over your head because you're able to connect to it because of that uh -huh. that, that energy that he brings just because of who he is and how he brings that into yeah. whatever he does. I remember when I was first getting into really starting to pursue the hip-hop shit seriously i had a couple other friends that were doing it too that i'd met at the shadow lounge and i was really the only one in my little group that was fucking with aesop rock mm -hmm. at the time and you know looking back i get it and even having the conversations with my friends i feel like it helped a lot because you know i'm seeing how he's writing and there's part of me that's like oh i'm not writing weird enough i'm not writing abstract enough but when I would be with my friends and if we're in the car and listening to it, you know, I remember them just being like, I don't know what the fuck this dude's talking about. Yeah. Like I, if I can't, if I don't know what they're talking about, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. And then and sometimes like, it really stuck with me. It's, um, I think a lot of times when, uh, we might feel you hear it and you don't know what he's talking about. Sometimes you might jump to the conclusion. Like that dude is just saying whatever. <laughs> like, dude. It doesn't mean anything because, but I feel like with Aesop Rock, he's probably there. There is meaning there, even if it's very, it's kind of veiled. It's yeah. been, it's been. <laughs> there's been several occasions where, like, I have found out about things later in life, just random, either like watching a movie or seeing something in a book or some weird reference. Being at an art gallery, and like an Aesop Rock line would pop in my head, and I'd be like, "That's what the fuck he was talking about." Yeah, like that shit was like, "Whoa, that's cool." That's pretty you know, cool. Um, I yeah. believe on um, on Labor Days, I think it's the first track on that album. There's just this one throw off, like weird ad lib line where he's like, "I twist characters, like twist characters," mm -hmm. and it's always like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" And then like a couple years later, I was looking at a bunch of like weird graffiti stuff, mm -hmm. and there's this graffiti artist named Twist who was like known for doing weird characters that looked all mm -hmm. weird and bundled up, and I was like. That's what the fuck he was talking about. There you go. That's a dope line. Yeah. <laughs> if you get it. Yeah. If yeah. you get it, you yeah. get it. But if you don't, you're like, but the, it's just, it's still catchy. I mean, it's stuck in my head enough that yeah. I remembered it just because it's like, what is yeah. he saying?
And I remember there's um, it's a line. I think it, I don't know if it's on Impossible Kid or if it's on Skeleton, but there's some song where he's talking about um, like I'm so completely off the goddamn grid. It's not a problem of addressing me. It's like what do these symbols under the dresser mean? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about that like cult, like some random cult shit. I remember mm-hmm. like even just I don't think I said it. For, I don't remember what the line was exactly, but even thinking about it gives me chills. Like the first time I heard it, I'm like. God damn, dude, that's so weird and abstract, but also like, I know what you mean, and yeah. that's fucking insane. Yeah, it's impactful. Yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to Aesop Rock. Shout out to Aesop Rock. Hope you're listening, <laughs> and um, yeah, we're big fans, and yeah. hope to uh, you know be featured on your next project. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 you know, I think it's so cool to see you know everything that that dude's done over the years. I feel like he's really found his own in terms of being able to have his own sound, be 100% himself, never apologize for being himself, and he's able to get a good fan base. Right. You know, I remember I saw him at the Rex Theater, and it was packed. I think you may, I think we may have been there was together. Was that the homeboy, Sandman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I think we were hanging out, and I, it's just one of those things where it's like, how are there this many people in this city that fuck with this weird, abstract shit? And why can't we find these people? Yeah. <laughs> why like, can't we... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I feel like it's one of those things where like there's sort of an unfortunate like elitism, I think, to some people that listen to that kind of shit where it's like if it's not Aesop Rock, if it's not, you know, a Rhyme Sayers or, you know, Def Jux old school stuff or, you know, if it's yeah. if it doesn't have that attachment to it, like I don't give a shit about like local performance. Yeah, there's not. I mean, I would say with Pittsburgh and I guess I can't really speak. On other cities, um, except for maybe, you know, what I've heard other people say, but it seems like there's not a, a lot of times here where the community is, we're almost all supporting each other, uh, artists supporting other artists or, and Pittsburgh isn't a city that has a really strong foundation for local music or local art. It's, it's something that they kind of just throw in as it a... It has a strong foundation for local music and art, but it has to be safe. It has to be a certain kind, yeah. yeah. And this is not a hip-hop city, like, no. by any... And so, and it's very small, and that's why you get all these little small pockets, and people are kind of... It seems like people are sort of trying to get whatever, for lack of a better term, clout or engagement that they can. And it's... um Yeah, it can get sort of combative but yeah it a lot of times it feels like you know you'll go to a show and you'll be like oh all these you'll be really surprised because you'll be like oh all these people like this alternative hip-hop you, you know not the mainstream and so why can't i connect to them because my you know you you influenced by Aesop rock you know oh, yeah. they might fuck with you you yeah, know if, if a, they gave you a chance but you're in a building with 800 <laughs> other people yeah you're like god give me five percent of this yeah so <laughs> you know like i think other cities there might be a little bit more of a hip-hop culture um foundation or it's just it's more integrated and so you know it's not so weird to hear you know someone's listening to a local artist now it's like yeah i don't know yeah because yeah. you could go to that show and then just be like oh hey you know you you like Aesop Rock and you have yours and you try to push your CD or whatever, but they might just look at you crazy. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, it's hard. I find that it's really, it's really difficult to balance that. Like, you know, what we were talking about before, like being super energetic about your stuff, promoting, talking to people, putting it out there, letting people know that you're excited and that you love what you do. But that could also be too much for some people, right. especially if you catch them, you know, at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I fucking hate about like using both social media to promote our stuff mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, yo, I fucking put out this song today. But then, you know, that's sandwiched in between like protests and the world's yeah. fucked up and there's all this other stuff that you should probably be focused on right now. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, the world needs art too. And yeah. But also it's like, you know, other people will put up things like, you know, like, oh, my grandma's sick and all. It's like this wave of emotion from like, you know, just too much all in one place. You know, yep. the thing that would be cool was I just wish that there was like more of a central hub 
kind of like if Spotify maybe had more of a social element to it. It has a lot, but not quite enough, but just kind of a, a place where we could promote music that people go to that just want to hear music. I mean, Bandcamp exists, SoundCloud exists, yeah. but those are just mostly artist-driven platforms, mm-hmm. which could be super beneficial if you connect with artists in different parts of the world and things. But the most important thing is just finding the normal person. Mm-hmm. Connecting with them is just, it's really, really hard. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I have not been able to figure it out. It's always just been try to play many shows in as many weird places as I possibly can. Be nice to people and hope for the best. And also just make sure you're writing good music too. That's right. kind of another really important thing. Sometimes it's easy to get distracted with this other shit that we sometimes forget to just actually write a good song. Yeah, that stands out. Out, when people do hear it, uh, you know, it's something. That's the yeah. other fucking <laughs> issue with everything that's going on now and having to use all of the social media is that you 1000% need to have like a highly visual, engaging sort of thing attached to what you're doing. Like the album artwork and photos and all that stuff matters more than it necessarily should. Yeah. But because it's, we're looking at it on their phone, most likely, or on a computer. If it's all on Spotify or Bandcamp or whatever, you know, and like, if they don't, if there isn't a dope fucking album cover or something that's going to catch their eye, they're going to scroll right past it or a video. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Even so, even more, I think of videos, uh, you know, with YouTube and everything, and YouTube is a universal thing that pretty much everybody uses. So, a lot of times. If you can get a dope music video, you're gonna uh, you're gonna pull in more people. Videos are huge, yeah. Because if people are, if you're the majority of the people that you're catching, if you're catching them while they're in the scroll, you got to keep their eyes on, keep their eyes on it. Mm-hmm. And if it's just an audio link, they're only gonna look at your album cover for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless you're like Cardi B or something, you know, right. that people want to look at. Right. It's you just, it's just my fucking dumbass face. Like, right. ain't you know, there ain't no WAP here. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Nobody cares about this. So it's just kind of like, yeah, get a video. It needs to be super engaging and keep people. That's I spent so much time just trying to write songs. I was never concerned with like being like, oh, a marketer and social media manager and Same. But we yeah. got to figure it out. You got to do it all. I mean, it's it's good to get help if if you can find anybody to help you if you can, um, you know, make those connections. But yeah, there is a a lot of it. If you're a, especially if you're a solo artist, got to really try to do a lot. You can't necessarily do everything, but then you got to find people and help you and put place like I think the people that succeed the most are the people who have some sort of team. And they figure out how to, yeah, they, where they don't have to do everything. I don't know. I don't think it's, the, uh, but then, you know, you, like- you find, you find uh, special people who might just kind of be a do-it-all person. But I feel like a lot of times, it's interesting. I kind of struggle with it because um, like the community thing and like the collaborative thing that I said, and I always had a connection to that. I always, I didn't even want to be a solo. At any point, I always wanted to, I was always trying to find collaborations or collectives. And now it's sort of shifted to a do it all yourself. And it's not really a collective where people are, it's just people just want to, you know, they have their home studio and they kind of just, everything is in house and they just do everything themselves. It's less about, you know, um, I think a lot of times the best music is made by by teams and different perspectives coming in, sure. and so that, that's less. I, I I had to just get over that part and be like, all right, I'm gonna. This isn't happening. I gotta just focus on myself, and I can't wait around for the right collective or the right group of people. Um, you know, I'm still gonna reach out to people and I'm still gonna work with people, but um, yeah, th- it's it's like. If I wanted to come out, I got to, you know, it really was a choice. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a choice because 
I can only depend on myself. So yeah, got a couple videos in the works finally, uh, which I'm excited about. So that's good. Cause sometimes you release, you know, let's say you, you spend all this money recording and, uh, you spend money on mixing and you're trying to, and you get this project out and then you're like, Oh shit, you know, maybe you don't have money for a video. Um, that shit's expensive (laughs) for most of the time. And then it's, um, you know, maybe you didn't plan properly or I don't know, you know, you need to be more financially, uh, you have a better plan in place, but yeah, if you don't have a video, you know, I've heard the perspective that it's like, it's, it's almost not wise to release an album if you don't have some visual to connect to it. Cause then it's like, and then it's just out there and you're trying to get people to do it, but you don't have that extra thing that, that is popping out and engaging. And it's just like where they can see you. And then, you know, they see the video and then it's like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe I'll, this is dope. Maybe I'll check out most of it. So. Yeah. It's really, really, <laughs> it is so much to do. And I find that, you know, you spend two years putting an album together. The last thing you want to do, spend another six months waiting to release it because you got to get all this video content together and all this but mm-hmm. it is ultimately probably the best move coming from personal experience. i have i don't think i've ever successfully released a sykes project i have fucked it up in one way or another every single time mm-hmm. it's it's because i'm trying to do too much you're myself. doing so much because it's that one is all you that's, so then when it comes that's to the problem the, the release then it's like, I don't have any energy left. Right? That's the problem. Yeah. I just can't manage it properly. Yeah. You know, because I don't have anybody telling me that my bad ideas are bad mm-hmm. or that, you know, maybe I should release this song as a single instead of this song or maybe I should do that for the album cover instead of this or I should do that for photo. You know, like yeah. those outside forces and perspective. I find that like sometimes maybe while you should be yourself as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe I've been myself maybe a little bit too much and mm. I need to get to a point where I can make what I'm doing a little bit more relatable for other people. I mean, and feel like they can actually be a part of this. Yeah. And it's not just this weird thing where you're not allowed. Cause this is only, this is Sykes world. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's me. not that. Yeah. This is me and my journal and yeah. this is my, I'm, I'm releasing this and you just sit here and you take it all in. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how it goes. You know, we're wrapping up our next album now and uh, I've released a few tracks from it. I wasn't going to, but then whenever pandemic happened and people were kind of just spending a lot of time on their phones, I was like, maybe we should just drop some songs just because we can't play shows right now and we have them. They're done. People have more free time, yeah, so maybe they're more likely to check it out. Let's throw yeah. them out there, and I can kind of yeah. experiment a bit. And yeah, I've already noticed, like, you know, the stuff that I was very confident in how it looked and like videos did well, and stuff where I was like, well, I don't have anything else better to use for artwork on this, so I'm just going to put this out because it works. It mm-hmm. didn't do so good, mm. even though I think the song is great. I think it's probably one of our best songs we've ever done. Yeah, it's just like it doesn't have the right visuals connected to it, so I think people aren't giving it a fair shake. Yeah, it's rough. You know, I find that trying to be a musician now and like, okay, say you're an artist or a photographer, right? Like you can post a photo or a painting, a picture online. People can look at it for, you know, 10, 15 seconds and be like, that's a dope. That's a dope artist. But for a musician, it's a lot harder for us to give 100% of who we are in a 10, 15 second bubble. Yeah. Which is what makes that TikTok shit super impressive. Going back to that, those artists that can put together songs that are able to define enough of their character in such a short time frame that people want. Yeah, it's um. So I'm not on TikTok, but now Instagram has the thing where it's it's it's, it's feels. So I guess it's very similar to TikTok, right? Yeah. And um, I did a couple videos with that, which is 15 cent, uh, 15 seconds, and it be. I did like, I just like spit four freestyle bars over a beat, but it was about something. I don't remember what the hell it was. Uh, one of it was about me not getting enough, uh, getting my extra dressing, my order from Eat Unique. Um, <laughs> I love Eat Unique. They're on Craig Street. Eat They're, Unique 
They're fucking a rules. Dope restaurant, but they just forgot my extra dressing, so I rhymed about it. But I noticed that there was some some people that were drawn into that that don't necess- don't normally like my stuff. Where I'll you know I'll post a whole freestyle and it won't get as much engagement. So, but it's like all right. So it really did get me thinking about that because it's it's something that's um, you know you're presenting yourself to people in a different way and you're giving them just like a little piece. And they can kind of just like, you know, just watch it real quick and then kind of go on with uh, their scrolling or whatever they're doing in their day. They only got a second and they just they check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Instagram is just created for photos. And yeah, exactly. So are you going to get people to stop? And even if they do listen to that clip, are they going to are they going to go to that link in bio and listen to the whole song? Are they just going to, you know. I'm just gonna be like, oh, that that thirty seconds was dope, and I'm gonna like it. But you know, they may or may not actually go to the link and listen to the whole song or download the song or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's a big ask now asking somebody to commit four minutes to something you did. Yeah, it seems like four minutes is four minutes, but in a world that in an environment that thrives off of 10, 15 second things. And you can just choose. There's so many things yeah. to choose from for entertainment. And then it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's like going to be difficult need, to pull people out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's so hard. It's like, how do you, I don't know. I don't have a TikTok page. I don't really mess with stories. I'm a, I'm a long format storyteller. I'm not much. I mean, I do an hour long podcast every week. I like writing songs with verses and choruses and bridges. You know, yeah. I like watching long movies i like i'm just i'm I'm into like getting lost in something for a bit immersion i'm not somebody that digests the short material i don't i did i never liked vine i never liked snapchat mm-hmm. i can't get into the instagram stories can't do tiktok i have a friend that started a tiktok a few weeks ago and she's killing it she's doing really really good but like you know you have to come up with these short dumb little fun videos to do mm. and like that's cool for her because she's good at it and it's working mm-hmm. but like i'm fun but like i'm not fun you know what i mean like i i can't come up with these it's just like that's not how my the artistic part of my brain works yeah and i don't know if i dedicate time to doing that other stuff because like she's at a point now where like she's making money from tiktok just in this short amount of time wow not a lot, but they're paying her to make stuff and she's nice. getting a lot of followers and views and all this stuff. But it's like she's putting so much time into managing it. It's like even though it's only a 15 second video or maybe a minute video, I think you do 15 seconds or a minute. Um, yeah, it's, I think almost it's like, like half yeah. of the day is going into putting together that one video because they're actually like going to locations, filming up, like filming stuff editing it like you know it looks very professional it's really good but there's a lot of work that goes into it and it's just like i don't know if i would personally want to put any time away from anything else that i'm doing to put time into that yeah but devil's advocate one may argue that if you put that time into a platform where you can maybe you know increase your viewership times 10 or times 20 times 30 that could be cool but then Am I getting people to watch my stuff that don't care about what I actually want to do? Yeah. And now I'm putting all my time into doing something that I half want to do. Am I going to be happy doing? It? Do yeah. I do I want people to like me for what I want to do, or do I just want people to like me regardless of what I do? Mm-hmm. This is the conversation I have in my head all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if TikTok gets shut down, then you're asked out. And yeah, put yeah. Those all maybe you learn something, but then yeah. you got you got to transition again. I don't know. Crazy world. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate like, you know, you see a lot of people talking about like, maybe you don't, but I see a lot of people talking about Facebook's for old people mm-hmm. and shit like that. And I'm like, well, I mean, fuck me. I'm turning 36 this year, so I guess I'm not young. Yeah. <laughs> it, dude, it took me years to like on Twitter. When I was first on Twitter, if you're not, it's, it's a very like, it can be very, when you have like no followers on Twitter, it's like, Nobody wants to fuck with you and nobody gives a shit. And so I kind of just had to keep, I had to keep at it. And now I can get some engagement on Twitter. But I remember the first couple of years, I was just like, it, it was almost seemed like I was doing it for no reason. And I was just like going through the motions, but I guess it wasn't worthless. Um, but yeah, 
there's definitely those mentalities about yeah facebook being for like older generation because it's you know your parents are on facebook and that's like everybody and then twitter is this other thing where it's this kind of um a lot of younger people and then you have you have instagram which is but you can only use that in a certain way um yeah every every platform is really you can use to promote in a or network in a different sort of way and you can't have a facebook mentality on twitter mm-hmm. it doesn't work and yeah it's yeah. so i had to learn that you know cuz yeah i've yeah i've i've <laughs> talked about it plenty of times feeling like a person trying to manage all of those different things because they all you need to use a different part of your brain and your personality to get content for all of those things mm-hmm. and yeah twitter's probably my least favorite i could never understand quite how it worked and now it seems like you know like what does well on twitter like comedians and politicians yeah it's like you know there are some and the the musicians that do big on twitter are musicians that are gonna they could do whatever you know they could reopen a myspace account and probably do oh side note this has nothing to do with anything but i keep hearing you know complications of unemployment and stimulus checks and things like that. And everybody's talking about how like there's no way that they could do it using like Venmo or Cash App or PayPal. And I'm like, if we can have all of our political discourse on fucking Twitter, why can't we give out payments on Venmo? Yeah. That has nothing to do with anything. It's just a thought. Like everybody has a fucking cell phone. Yeah. yeah, Just fucking do it. Anyways. um, Or Cash App. Cash App or Venmo, whatever, you know. (laughs) So, as we're rounding the corner here on our hour, believe yeah. it or not, we've already done it. Yeah. Love those tangents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta get off, but we're, we're coming back in. You have a Bandcamp page, yeah. and you are putting out some new music you, you were talking about. You prefer people to come go to this. Uh, God damn it. I well, got off your Bandcamp. Where's your Bandcamp? There it is. Yeah, for the people who know Bandcamp, they've they've started doing um they're waiving the revenue fee that they usually charge uh i got an email that it first friday every month and i they did it last they did it in august it's still august or mm-hmm. is it september 1st? it's september 1st. september 1st yeah. so last month yeah so this friday i'm releasing a song um you know it'll be pretty much everywhere but all bandcamp is the preferable you know you can it'll you can donate whatever you want but if you do choose to donate, you know, we get a greater share. Um, so yeah, not just me, but anybody on Bandcamp who you follow or artists that you know, it's a good day to go on there and you want to pay for their music or you know donate a little bit to what they're doing, then they're going to get a greater share. So on Friday, I'm releasing a song. I believe it's one of the best songs I've ever written. It's called Thankful. It was produced by... My homie, Conscious Kel, uh, he's a local artist, MC, producer, and really great beat. And I wrote this song, which was, uh, the idea is, I'm, the hook is, I'm angry. So when I was, you know, we might have, talking about gratitude, right? Sometimes we think we have to be, just have, be in this mindset of being just grateful for everything and just we might bypass or not come, not really be honest with our emotions. So I was taught to, you know, and when I was brought up, uh, if I was ever, you know, if I expressed anger or, you know, I wasn't happy about something, it would be held over me like, Oh, you're ungrateful. And that, that, you know, you, you being honest about that emotion is, uh, is ungrateful. So it kind of fucked me up to the point where I think there were some mixed wires and I would, uh, I wouldn't really be honest about how I felt. So the song is about being honest. Uh, you know, I'm still grateful, even if I might not be exactly where I want to be. I'm not, um, not bypassing any part of whatever I'm feeling. I'm getting better at just being honest about where I am. Um, and it might not be exactly where i want to be yet and i might still be angry about certain things i might still be processing certain things in life but that doesn't mean i'm not still grateful you can have both so the song is called thankful 
And uh, yeah, it's a really, I'm really excited. That's and I up. got some really cool artwork for it as well. <laughs> yeah. Cool. As yeah. we were talking about that. And so that's coming out this Friday. This will be, it'll be out by the time we've recorded, by, by the time this is. Okay, right on. So people can find that on reason.bandcamp.com. And that's reason with a U. Yeah, it's reason with the U. I, I, you know, it'll be up on Spotify and everything as well. But yeah, so you know, if you want as long as you hear it, I'm I'm happy. You know, <laughs> so but yeah, Bandcamp is, is dope because it's it really supports artists and it gives us uh, make a couple bucks uh, back maybe from <laughs> what, what we invested into it <laughs> until you start actually making money. It's really you know you're kind of in the hole, mm-hmm. but it's it's you know it's a passion, so invest in it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to spend the money on something, right? Mm-hmm. Well, all that being said, I'm going to do our outro and then sure. we could just tie a bow on this. Cool? Right. Yeah. Cool. Tie it. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. One more time. Reason, thank you for being here. Thank you. My dude. I'll be back again in a couple days or next. I, I, I've, really, I've made it such a bad habit of saying I'll be back in a couple days, but... I upload weekly now. I used to upload two episodes a week. Now it's only one because it's a pandemic. Sorry, I'm ranting. Anyways, I'll be back when I'm back. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo, woo. Thanks for listening. We're done. Peace. That's it.